All right, good morning, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody this morning? Amen. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord on a beautiful springtime morning? Amen. Well, we are going to have a phenomenal time today uh, together in fellowship and in the Word. But we are super excited. We have our missionaries, Dana and Liz Nile, in the house today. Yeah. Amen. So you, you just be ready. They're going to preach the word to us and give us a, an update on everything. I know uh, Dana just got back from a nice mountain experience a few weeks ago, it seems like. So we would love to hear some stories from that. And uh, it's just going to be an awesome, awesome day together. Amen. Well, let's stand up this morning. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Who believes that America is coming to Jesus today? Amen. And someone would say, hey, man, I don't see that. Well, walk by faith, not by sight. Come on. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here to go around and do a little meet and greet time. So find somebody, give them a handshake, a fist bump. People love hugs around here. Give them a hug. Make sure everybody gets the love today. Amen.
beside you, nobody like you. There will be no other God before you. No one, no one, no one. No one, no one, no one. One more time, let's sing Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh, holy is your name, I don't want to take it in vain, Yahweh, Yahweh, holy is your name, I don't want to take it in vain. Be no other God before you. There will be no other God before you. There is no one above you, no one beside you, nobody like you. There will be no other God before you. No one, no one, no one. No one, no one, no one. Who else can lead us, lead us to freedom? No one, no one, no one. Who else can heal all our sins and diseases? No one, no one, no one. Who else can walk, walk on the water? can answer, answer by fire. No one, no one, no one. Who else can bring down the tallest of giants? No one, no one, no one. Who else can silence the roar of the lion? No one, no one, no one. Who else is worthy, worthy of worship? No Uh, who else is worthy, worthy of worship? There will be no other God before you. And there will be no other God before you. And there is no one above you, no one beside you, nobody like you. There will be no other God before you. No one, no one, no one. No one, no one, no one. One more time, let's sing this together. Uh, Who else can lead us, lead us to freedom? You sing, no one, no one. Who else can heal all our sins and diseases? No one, no one, no one. Uh, who else can walk, or walk on the water? No one, no one, no one. Uh, who else can answer, answer by fire? No one, no one, no one. Uh, who else can bring down the tallest of giants? No one, no 
no one, no one. Uh, who else can silence the roar of the lion? No one, no one, no one. Uh, who else is worthy, worthy of worship? No one, no one, no one. Uh, who else is worthy, worthy of worship? There will be no other God before you. And there will be no other God before you. And there is no one above you, no one beside you, nobody like you. There will be no other God before you. Let's sing it out. And no one, no one. 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 All right. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. Amen. We are going to have a great time, like we said earlier. Got lots of good stuff going on over the next little bit. So praise God. Let's go ahead and get into the announcements today. Um, let's see. First of all, who likes ice cream? Who can say that ice cream doesn't like you? No, 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 no. no. All right. So praise God. Uh, but here we go. Uh, we have after service today, we are doing a uh, fundraiser for the Honduras missions trip. And they're going to be doing ice cream right out on the patio out there. And so on your way out, uh, you know, your mom probably always said, don't eat your dessert before your lunch. Well, I'm not saying mama was wrong. I'm just saying today you should eat your dessert before your lunch. Who's going to do that today? All right. And then also next Sunday, uh, we're going to be doing a special offering towards the Honduras trip. It's coming up in June and we've got about 10 people going down there and we're just going to make sure that everybody uh, that's registered and, uh, and is signed up is able to go. So keep that on your mind for next week and we're going to really help them out uh, because we've got a great uh, work that we're going to do down there uh, with our missionaries. And so I want to make sure that everybody uh, that is signed up and registered is going to go. We're going with Ron and Annette Thiesen in June, all right? Uh, also, here is a big one. We are having next Sunday is our water baptisms for this month. Amen? And so I encourage you, uh, if you have not been baptized, uh, go ahead and sign up. It's an important part of your Christian faith. This is your moment to make a public declaration of your faith. And, you know, we'll, we'll baptize your kids, too, if they're of the age to uh, recognize and understand what it all means and what it's all about. So make sure that you get signed up. It's next Sunday. There will be a class right before church. And uh, uh, if you're getting baptized, and we want to make sure that you take advantage of this opportunity, all right? So if you haven't been baptized, go ahead and get signed up. We want this to happen for your life. And then coming up very, very soon, uh, less than two weeks away, is the National Day of Prayer. Amen. We're really excited about that. Uh, so right here at High Desert, we're hosting the event for the entire city of Barstow. It's going to be on Thursday, May 4th at 7 p.m. All right, here's your test. Who's going to be there? 
It's not good enough. All right, let's try that again. Because everybody from High Desert is going to be there that night. Who's going to be here on Thursday, May 4th at 7 p.m.? Amen. Really excited about this. All the churches are getting together. They're all invited at least. And uh, we're going to have a night of uh, all lots of different pastors are going to be leading the prayers. Uh, we're going to have some worship. And I'm very excited about this. We are taking a citywide communion as a city that night. And this hasn't happened from what I've been told in several decades. So it's going to be a powerful night of unity and prayer together as a city right here under this roof. So everybody be here Thursday, May 4th, 7 p.m. right here. All right, let's do this. All right, I'm going to have Mrs. Pastor talk about the mother-son banquet. And it's actually, it's not, you know, it's a little bit of a coincidence that she's going to talk about this and she has five sons and her favorite one is standing right next to her. Uh, Oh, all right. Hey. My brother is easily in the top six of the five sons, all right? So, all right. Mom, tell him about it. I have no favorite sons. I love them all, okay? <laughs> They're all unique, okay? Wait, I would, you can't believe you would lie in front of the pulpit like that, Mom. <laughs> Everybody knows that Pastor no, Dave is your favorite son. liars have their place in the lake of fire, so I'm not going to lie. But Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, duh. Okay, so this is actually called a country breakfast with Mom. And it's our mother-son event. Last year was mother-daughter. This year's mother-son. Next year will be mother-daughter again. It's going to be Saturday, May 13th, 9 a.m. in the main sanctuary here. But you need to sign up and you need to pay. Because the reason that we do this is because we use those funds to buy whatever we need for the event. And also it tells us how many tables to set up and stuff like that. So it's really awkward when... You sign up at the last minute, and we haven't prepared for you. So please, sign up if you're going to be coming. And then the tickets are, uh, I forget what it is, 11 to, to adult is $8, and 10 to 5 or 6 or something is $6. And under that is uh, free. But there is no child care. So make sure that the son that you bring um, is able to, you know, like like Julie back here. Are you back here, Julie? Hi, Julie. Julie has five sons as well. Welcome to the club, and so do you. We, it's the five son club. Adriana has five sons too. Okay. I, anybody else have five sons? No. Okay. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. I'm just being stupid. Okay. All right. Anyway, she's not bringing her little bitty ones, you know. So she's bringing a couple through the three oldest. So I'm just saying, you'll have a better time if you don't bring your. You know, they have to, you have to chase all over the place and there's no child care. So anyway, thank you for signing up. Thank you for, uh, going back to the info booth. Susan will be back there and she, and you, you give her the money or whatever and she gives you the ticket and then you bring it to the event. Pretty cool. Okay. Love you, dear. Love you, Josh. Love you, Joe. Love you, Jason. Love you, Ben. There you go. All right. Very good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Very good. Well, hey, uh, we got a lot going on, but we're excited about it. We want you to get involved. And now we want to welcome uh, anybody that's worshiping with us for the first time or the first time in a long time. If you could raise your hand real quick. Brylin right back there by the info booth has us a welcome package she'd like to give you. And I would like to welcome some friends of mine. I've got Pastor... Uh, um, <laughs> 
I, I keep my missing his last name. Carl Lamoureux, amen. <laughs> and Mrs. Lamoureux with us. They just retired uh, from uh, River of Life Free Methodist Church. And they're joining us today. And I'm um, really honored that they would uh, choose to come worship with us this morning. And he actually used to be a state police trooper in Indiana. And he used to patrol by the area that I lived in. So I thought that was a pretty cool coincidence. But anyway, we're well, we're glad they're with us. Anybody else, if you're here, uh, they'll give you an info packet. And uh, if you'll fill out that information card and turn it in to Brylin or the information booth at the end of the service, we've got a gift for you with a gift card to some uh, local coffee. And we would just be thrilled if you would do that today. Amen. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time. Amen. And you're like, well, what's that? It's the time that we get a chance to give back to the Lord a little bit of what he's blessed us with. Amen. And so if you need an envelope for your tithes and your offerings, you can raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. And if you are giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Now, at the end of the service, we'll be doing an offering for Dana and Liz and their ministry. And so just keep that in mind. That'll be at the end of the service. All right. Uh, if we're going to open our Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23. Yeah. And we're going to look here at verse 23. And what we're looking at right here is an example because oftentimes we hear people say things like, well, tithing was only under the Mosaic Covenant. That doesn't have anything to do with us as New Testament Christians. And uh, and really, uh, people even say things so foolish as tithing's not even mentioned in the New Testament. And that is not a statement of truth. It's just, it's factually not true. In fact, uh, we're getting ready to look at this verse from Jesus, but tithing is a Bible principle that actually predates the Mosaic Covenant. You understand that, right? That Abraham began tithing all the way back in Genesis chapter 14 before the law of Moses was even written. All right. And so tithing goes before the Old Testament law and it goes all the way to into the end of the New Testament where it's mentioned in the book of Hebrews. Uh, but right here this morning, Matthew 23 and verse 23 in the NLT, Jesus himself said this New Testament, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religion law and you Pharisees, Jesus said, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignored the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now here's what he says. He says, yes, you should tithe. Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. And so did Jesus say that we should tithe? I mean, that's not a trick question. We just read it right there in red letters. But according to Jesus, yes, you should tithe. You just don't do it at the expense of everything else. And so you can't treat people bad and ignore having any faith and say, no, it's okay. I don't have to love my neighbor because I tithe. No, 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 no. You still tithe, but you do all the other things that we're instructed to do as well. And so was tithing part of the Old Testament law? Yes, it was. And it was before the Old Testament law. And is tithing part of the New Testament according to Jesus himself? Yes, it is. And so as we tithe, man, you better know that you're living in in obedience to God's word and that the windows of heaven are opened upon our lives. Can we get an amen today? Amen. amen. All right, let's stand up together. Amen. We're going to speak some words of faith over our giving. 
Because everything we do, we want to do it by faith. I even want to give in the tithes and in the offerings by faith. Amen. So let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. And then come on up to the altar. Let's have some worship together today. And then we're going to have a good time getting into the word of God. Let's go. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us at the altar for worship. Let's worship the Lord together today.
I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because He healed my heart, He changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank
sweat. He didn't stay on that cross. Lord, we thank you for the times we live in. We know that none of us are here just because it happened that way. But Lord, you knew before the beginning of time what was going to take place in the last days as you saw us before we were born. We want to thank you that we're here today to know you better, to receive more anointing, and more of everything it takes to be the best Christian witnesses we can be to our families to the people we work with everywhere we go because we know that this whole age is about to get wrapped up and we want to do everything we can to get people into the family of God through Jesus, Lord. We thank you for all you're going to do today. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I, I was telling my wife, this this is Mrs. Pastor, Pastor Janice. I've got Pastor Samples because a lot of times we've visited churches before to see people talk and don't know who anybody is. And so we we, we formerly pastored the church, not we're oversight pastor, but Pastor Dave 
Steve, and, and his wife Katie. She's not here this morning, but anyway, they they are the main pastors of Pastor Dow. I just said that so you wonder, well, who's these guys? Well, that's who we are. We help get this started. But anyway, this morning we got we got a couple missionaries up here that they're not like I am. Sometimes I'm a weekend warrior, except I get left in the Amazon jungle. Then I'm not. <laughs> 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 Only one time. Anyway, this this is Liz and Dana Nile. Let's give them a hand. You need to stand up when you're in the presence of such awesome people of God and honor them. Stand up, please, and honor them. Thank you. That's 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 why she's Mrs. Pastor. <laughs> All right, you can sit down. Uh, we'll give you a little bit of history. Number one. Uh, Mrs. Pastor and I originally got uh, ordained in 1994 with an organization called Association of Faith Churches and Ministers. We call it AFCM, and uh, these, these are AFCM missionaries. And so we met them in 1995 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They were from Nepal at that time, been there. They get ready to go to Siberia. And so our, so our church began to support them in 1995 for Siberia, and a lot of things have happened since then. Now they're world mission directors for AFCM, and that means they travel the world. They go a lot of places, do a lot of things. But these these guys are, uh, I don't know what to say, I've never made anybody like them. They're, they're real bona fide missionaries that really live on the mission field, raise their kids over there. Matter of fact, some of your kids came from there, Nepal and wherever, at India. And so these guys have so many things to tell, but the main thing is, when I was praying about about the world and where we are in the last days, these guys' ministry is called Ends of the Earth Ministries. And uh, Dana always says, that because we go to the end of the earth. Is that how you say it? <laughs> but anyway, they have a lot of things to say. But the main thing for us as a church, when I began pastoring, I'd been a Christian for a lot of years, had a little bit of Bible school, and so anything I did to pastor, I didn't want to just do it because that's what churches do. I wanted to do it because I knew that God wanted me to do it from the Bible. And so uh, I wasn't really, uh, well, a lot of pastors just, they're, they're dipped in missions anointing, man. That's all they think. They eat, breathe, and sleep missions. Well, I, I didn't come from that, but I knew it was the right thing to do. I mean, I'm hooked up missions now, but back then I didn't know what to do. So I said, Jesus, I said, do you want us to... Support missionaries? Why? What do you want us to do? And he, he told me something that's always stuck with me all these years. I've told you this for you. He said, you help me reach the world, and I help you reach your part of the world. And so I've always said this. When God assigns me to a territory such as where we are in California, I want to do everything I can to reach the people out here. And that would be your families. That would be some of the boogers you work with. And you want to see them get saved and come to Jesus and the different ones. And so I know it takes, it takes money, it takes stuff to be able to take care of the multitudes out here. But God has a spiritual law. What you sow is what you reap. And so we've always did our best to support missionaries, sometimes go on the mission field ourselves for short-term things. And so we've supported these guys since 1995, except for a short time. They got to do some pastoring in Myrtle Beach South. They suffered in Myrtle Beach. And so we've always been a part of that. But the thing is, as you listen to these guys, we are going to take up an offering to We support them monthly. But as we sow, that's sowing seed to help them, but also bringing harvest to help you and help us to have what it takes to reach this area. Amen. 
And so I can't wait to hear the stories. I saw some pictures. We're going to see some more. But let's, let's more time stand up and give a hand for these guys. Amen. You want to say anything? All right. Praise the Lord. Hey, it's always good to come to a church that supports us on a regular basis. And first of all, I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for giving towards us. Thank you for praying for us. You know, I I just came back from from an adventure, really. It was more than a mission trip. In fact, you're the first church that I'm ministering in since coming back. And I was in uh, Nepal for about three weeks. And we went into some of the some of the remote areas. In fact, uh, travel-wise, it was probably the most difficult trip I've ever done. You know, it took me about 30 hours to get to Nepal. That's normal. And then the next day, I fly into Pokhara, from Kathmandu to Pokhara. That's pretty normal too. But then I rented a dirt bike, <laughs> and I rode this dirt bike for seven hours. Five of it was rain, and which was, it's not supposed to be raining that, that time of the year in Nepal, but it did. Drenched me really good. I got to Bortibong, that's the area that Liz and I lived in 40 years ago. I ministered there the next day, and then my friend Philip, you'll see a picture of him. Philip and I, he on his bike, me on my rented bike, we went for five hours into the, into the remote area, a place called Tukasera. And uh, the first part of the road's really good. The second part of the road is like a motocross track. <laughs> I mean, it's rough. They just bulldoze it out of the mountain, so it's nothing but rock and dirt and bumps and grinds and landslide areas that you got to navigate over. And so we we ministered in five churches in that area, in the remote area. We we saw over three hundred people get baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues. We saw close to 80 people get healed. We saw people get demons cast out and delivered. We saw people get saved. I mean, it was an awesome time. In fact, I'm here to tell you that Nepal is experiencing revival right now. And I can say that because we've been going in and out of there for 40 years and it's never been an easy place to minister. Never until now. Now it's easy. Now people get saved easy. They get healed easy. I've never seen them get baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues so easy before. In fact, in, this, in the first church, I ministered on it. I taught on it. I gave an invitation. The whole church came, wanted to get filled. I laid hands on one person, and three or four of them would start speaking in tongues. I'd lay hands on another. Another three or four of them would start speaking in tongues. And I thought, whoa, I've never seen that before. Usually you gotta coach them, you gotta prod them, you gotta help them, you gotta tell them, open your mouth, you're gonna have to speak. I didn't have to do none of that. Glory to God. And then in the last church, you're gonna see a picture of the last church as well, it'll come up here. In the last church, it was so full, the building had a little dinky building stuffed with a hundred people. And I ministered, and we would do these churches all day events. So, I mean, they, they were hungry. They would sit for five hours listening to the preaching of the Word and getting ministry. Well, I taught on the Holy Spirit. I gave an invitation, and I thought, there's no way I can reach these people. There is no. It was so full, you could not move amongst them. You could not get them to come down to the front. It was packed. And so I said, Lord, what am I, I going to do? And he said, just stand there and lift your hands and pray over them. 
So that's what I did. I just lifted my hands, prayed over them in Jesus' name. And when I finished, the whole place erupted in tongues. I've never seen that before. And I asked beforehand, any of you guys know about this? Any of you speak in tongues? Well, three or four of them spoke in tongues. That was it. I knew that ahead of time. And after that happened and they were all speaking in tongues, I, I identified a few that I thought might be having a little bit of trouble. So I stepped off the platform to see if I could get to them. And when I stepped off the platform, I ran right into the wind of the Holy Spirit. And people say, well, did you feel an actual wind? No, I, it was a spiritual thing. And the wind, I got in the midst of it and it was just, there was just a, a breeze blowing everywhere and people speaking in tongues everywhere. And I, I was just looking around and I heard the Holy Spirit say, nobody laid hands on them in, in, on the day of Pentecost either. They just all started speaking in tongues and I said, yes, Lord, hallelujah. And we saw, we saw blind people get healed. We saw deaf people get healed. We saw lame people walking unimpeded. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's roll that video and you'll see, this is kind of a rough video. Liz was putting it together as we were driving down here, but it'll give you some pictures of the remoteness. You're gonna see, you're gonna see the, a part of a road that we traveled on and you're gonna see some of the trail we traveled on. You're gonna see a horse that I rode for a while. They were concerned about this old guy because, you know, I'm 66 years old and these guys were all in their 30s. Oldest one was maybe 40. And we had to walk up three hours, 1,500 feet to get to one village. We parked the bikes at the end of the road and we walked three hours, pretty much straight up. They were concerned this old guy couldn't do it. And so they brought a horse for me to ride. Well, I rode it a little bit. And then discovered, you know, I think I'm safer walking. <laughs> and you'll see why. Let's see if we can roll that video and I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, it does have some audio. That's actually the first church where we ministered in people. Yeah. Tuckasera. Mountains, man. There's the road. Awesome. There's Philip, one of the churches we ministered in. Check out those feet. And you call a threshing machine. That's some of the trail.
all of our backpack down trail, it's not going to be... That's, that's, not, that's not me. <laughs> Here we are in Maikut, where we left the motorcycles. We will minister. Come back, spend the night, and then we go six hours. So our destination is in sight. Roadies are blooming. Yeah, this is bridge number three or four. <laughs> so, <laughs> a little bit of a rough video, but that was a little bit of a rough trip. Tell you what. You know, they did give me a walking stick fairly early because they... They, they looked at me, you know, and they, they saw me, you know, a little bit of balance issues here and there. And so they gave me a stick, and I think it saved my life. Because <laughs> you saw that, that part of that trail where it's just a drop-off for several thousand feet. And a, a little nerve-wracking walking across there, and, and the stick gave me a whole lot of confidence. Because, you know, if I started to, yeah, man, that was, I was planting that stick every step. And that was good. But see... They were sure that this 66-year-old American probably couldn't even walk up to that village, and I proved them wrong. I mean, God's grace, His anointing, His strength got me up there. And then from Nepal, I had three days of ministry in India, clear it down in South India, and revival continued. I think the first day I ministered in three different places, the second day in two churches, the third day we had a minister's, uh, a pastor's seminar, Saw another 50 people baptized in the Holy Spirit at one of the church services on Sunday. I think yeah, it was the first church service on Sunday. Well, ministering to the sick that were there, and the next thing I know, I'm seeing people coming up for ministry that were not in the church service. And so I'm saying, now what's you know? I'm asking my interpreter, Pastor John, what's going on here? And he said, well, these are Hindus that are coming in off the street. Because they heard there was an American praying for people and they were getting healed and they want to be healed. And I said, well, come on. And so we, we laid, they brought in this, this mute girl. She's about 10 years old, 10 to 12, somewhere in there. Couldn't speak. And so I did a, I did a hearing test on her to see if she could hear and she could hear okay. She just couldn't speak. And so then I'm saying, Lord, what, what do I do? And he said, cast that mute spirit out of her. So I did. And she took off talking. Her and mom received Jesus. And then this older lady that hobbled in, she could barely walk. She hobbled in and wanted prayer and we laid hands on her and she started walking all over the place. And we said, do you want to meet the one that healed you? And she said, yes. So she received the Lord. These kind of things going on in India. So I'm telling you, revival is here. It's going on in Nepal, it's going on in India, it's going on in the Philippines, it's going on in Vietnam, it's going on around the world, it's coming here in America. There's no reason why America's not going to have revival. We are going to have revival. God is going to move like He did before. It's going to get easy to get people saved. It's going to be easy to get them baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's going to be cool to speak in tongues again. Gifts of the Spirit are going to flow in this nation once again. It's going to be easy to get people healed. Easy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're not going to miss out on this. Amen. And so this morning, I believe I got a word for you. 
It's called empowering words from a loving father. You know, some of these things that I did on this last mission trip, I could do them. I had confidence to ride that motorcycle, that dirt bike. I had confidence to get on that horse because I grew up on a farm where we did that kind of stuff. I mean, we moved cows on horseback until we figured out, you know, we could do it on a motorcycle easier. Don't have to go catch the horses. Don't have to feed the motorcycle. Just put some gas in it. Just kick it once and it starts and away you go. And so I went from riding horses to move cows to riding motorcycles. And from there I went to racing motorcycles. I did motocross racing. And so I knew how to ride all that stuff. Motor, dirt bike, horses, but I learned it on the farm. Now, mind you, it had been 30 years or more. But it's kind of like riding a bike. You don't forget how. (laughs) Amen. But see, I learned those things on the farm, and farm life is pretty good prep for mission work. And on that farm, I mean, I had a good dad. He was always right there behind us helping us do all this stuff. And, you know, he went home to, to be with the Lord 17 years ago. But I got lots of good memories of him. And when I think about my dad, it actually causes me to think about my heavenly father. You know, that's the best compliment any dad could get. And I realize not everybody had a dad like that, but I did, and I'm glad for it. And see, when it reminds me of our heavenly father, God, well, you know, he's the father of love and goodness, loving kindness and tender mercies. He always wants the best for all of us. And so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the reunion I'm going to have with my dad. And 2 Corinthians 4.14 just kind of floated up out of my heart. What's it say? It says, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Now say this out loud after me. The Father who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise me up. Do you believe that? See, when that came floating up out of my heart, I first thought of being raised from the dead because that is what that verse is referring to. But I knew that being raised up included much more than that because then I thought of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. It says, And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, that verse is not talking about resurrection. It's talking about being raised up to another level right here and right now. See, He is the Father who will raise our bodies, but He's also the Father who raises us from one degree of glory to another. And this raising up is necessary in order for us to do what He's called us to do. In order for us to live His best, we must be raised up more. Our destiny is to come up higher. Our future is above where we are right now. Now, how many of you know that if you're too low, I mean, you can't see... If I'm too low, I can't even see you. If we're too low, we can't see some things and we'll actually miss out on some stuff. Now, Liz and I were both born and raised in Montana, big sky country, known for its amazing views and wide open spaces. I mean, just about everywhere you go, you can see for miles and miles and miles. Now, as Pastor Bernie was saying, we we lived in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, pastored a church there for about 16 years, and you couldn't see nothing. 
I mean, the, the trees were blocking every view. There was no elevation. There was no hills. It's just flat. You can't see anything. I mean, we lived in the Windy Hills section of North Myrtle Beach. There's there no hill. I don't know why they're saying Windy Hill. On wind, I get hill. There was no hills. It was just flat. And you could tell, you know, the rivers would come down from the highlands. They'd get down into this area, and then they just turn into swamps. And so I determined a, a long time ago that they were calling it the low country. Well, that's just a fancy way of saying swamp country. Because every time you crossed a bridge, you were going over such and such swamp. They had a name for it. Now, it, it was it, it was an interesting place in and of itself. I mean, it was a fun place to live. We we enjoyed living there. But I always wanted to get up above the trees so I could see what it looked like. And the only time I could do that is when we were flying in and out of there. So I always made sure I had a window seat so I could look. You know, we'd take off, I'd look. What's this place look like from the air? I mean, and then you'd see the Waccamaw River just a snaking all over the place, going from one swamp to another. You could see all of it down there. And I thought, you know, you could live in this low country all your life and never really know what the lay of the land looks like. And see, can you imagine... All you need is a little raising up, and your view of everything changes dramatically. Can you imagine that, that God's got a whole lot more that He wants you to see? A whole lot more that He wants you to experience? If He could just raise you up a bit higher. If He could just get you beyond where you are right now. See, we're called to come up. Our destiny is to come up higher. Our future is above where we are right now. Not just when we get to heaven, but in this life right here and right now. And then when it's time to go to heaven, it's just another step up. And shouldn't be such a shock because we've been coming up ever since we were born again. Or at least we should be coming up ever since we're born again. I mean, I think there's times when all of us hit a plateau. You know what a plateau is? I mean, you're going up, 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 and then... No more up. I think that's where this nation has been for a while. Plateau, maybe even going down the other side. <laughs> God wants to raise us up. He wants to get us past the plateau. Now open your Bibles with me to Psalm 18. Psalm 18. Now the, the, first, the first part of this message, just to get you set up for this. Psalm 18, the words in the Bible are inspired. I mean, they are the words of the Lord, and no word of the Lord is without power. So when the Lord tells you something, it can be instructional, it can be corrective, it can be informational, it can be wisdom, it can be a lot of things, but it's also empowering. I mean, think about how God created this world and the universe. I mean, how did it come into existence? Well, the Bible tells us that God spoke, and it was. There's a bunch of power in a small two-letter word, the word be. When he said, let there be light. Now, if you look that up in the Hebrew, God said, light be. And when he said, light be, there was enough power in that word to create and empower light to exist and for it to keep on existing. 
So every word in the Bible is a word from God. And when he says something to you, do this or do that or go here or go there, there's enough power in what he tells you to bring it to pass. Now, the enemy will come and try to convince you that there's no way. I mean, he'll, he'll have you think, and if he can, he'll get you to say, well, I don't know, that just looks too big. Well, I don't know that I can do that. I don't think I can. And often people will then decide, I can't do it. But see, you should have known that before you ever started. You in, you in your own power, in your own ability, cannot. But when God says, be, there's power in what he says to you, just like when he told Peter to come on out onto the water. You remember that story? I mean, they're out there in the boat and they're rowing against the wind and Jesus comes walking across that water. And man, he's, he's surfing. He's on the waves, man. He's walking on top of all of that. He gets close to him and freaks him out. They look, it's a ghost, it's the ghost. And Jesus, no, it's me, it's me. And Peter says, Lord, if that's really you, Tell me to come. And Jesus said one word. He said, come. And on the power in that one word, Peter flipped his legs over the boat. He got out on the water and he started walking. And how did he do that? He did that by faith. How did he have faith? Well, when that living voice spoke that one word, come, that living word brought faith into his heart and that power empowered him to get out there and walk. Now, if you don't think it took the power of God and faith to walk on water, just go try it yourself. See how far you get. (laughs) See, if we can grab a hold of this, if we can come up a whole lot further and a whole lot quicker than what we thought we could. Because day in and day out, He'll speak to us. And He'll say, be this or do that. And if we would just learn to quit debating with Him, And stop telling them that we can't. I mean, that should already be settled. He already knows you can't. (laughs) We should already know that we can't. And so we should quit talking about how and complaining about how we can't. See, we need to believe that He can in us. And that He can through us. You know, Jesus said, the works that I do, I do not do them of myself. I can of myself do nothing. Jesus said that. But then he also said, the Father in me, he does the works. Well, the greater ones in all of us as well if you're born again. Right? Do you remember Moses standing by that burning bush? Remember that story? And God said, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses said, well, you know, I don't speak all that well. And he's probably thinking, uh, besides that, you know, I got some legal issues over there in Egypt. I'm a wanted man. I mean, he was probably on Egypt's 10 most wanted list, probably had a photo of him hanging in the post office. Wanted for murder. And Moses basically said, I can't do it. And did the Lord say, oh, Moses, that's what I like about you. You're just so humble. No, God got angry with Moses. See, because what Moses said had absolutely nothing to do with humility. That's not humility. That's actually pride in disguise because Moses was thinking he was going to have to do it on his own. 
He was thinking, Auntie, if you, you think you can do that on your own, man, that's just pride. That's not humility, right? See, what is humility? Well, simple definition for humility is you laying your own way aside and going God's way. Very simple definition. Let's expand it a little bit. It's you laying your own ability aside, picking up God's ability and going with Him. It's you laying your own wisdom aside and going with God's wisdom, which is so much higher than yours. It's you laying your own strength aside and picking up God's strength. Amen? That's humility. See, so many of us still don't have this worked out, though. That in and of yourself, you can't do it. I mean, you still think you might be able to, but you just checked, and right now you don't think you can. (laughs) Got news for you, you can't. See, you should have already gotten that settled a long time ago. You can't. And so stop playing around with it. But see, you should have enough faith in Him that if He tells you to do it, what you think you can and can't do is beside the point, so just throw it out the window and forget it. If He said do it, then He can do it in you, and He can do it through you, and He can do it by you. And we should have enough faith to say, Thank you, Lord, for giving me that empowering Word, because I couldn't do it, but with Your Word comes your grace. With your word comes faith. With your word, I can do it. With your word working in me. With your word making me wise. With your word making me strong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, the word empowers. His word enables. Including these words we're about ready to read right now. Psalm 18, did you find it? (laughs) Psalm 18. We're going to read verses 48 and 49. It says, He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, I and sing praises to your name. See, this is not just a poetic word here in the Psalms. It's a word of empowerment. It's a word that can enable us right here and right now. Anybody in here being hassled by circumstances? Anybody got any problems? Maybe you're dealing with some problem people. I mean, anything that's, you know, keeping you back, holding you down, keeping you from rising up over that plateau. See, we ought to read and believe this word. Psalm 1848, He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. See, let the Lord speak that to you today. Say it out loud with me. He delivers me from my enemies. Lord, you lift me up. See, you need to take that for yourself in the specific situation that you're facing. I mean, you've prayed and prayed and maybe even cried while you prayed. And the Lord has heard you and he sent you a word today. He's saying, put this word in your mouth, get it down in your heart, and when you speak it in faith, it absolutely opens the door for God to get involved in your business. God will raise you above that plateau that you've hit. He'll go ahead, he'll go ahead and move in your circumstances. He'll move on, on, on officials. He will move on neighbors. He will move on supervisors. He can move on bosses and owners. But the enemy wants to keep you down. Wants to keep you low. So you can't see some stuff. Down so you don't have any voice. So that you got no influence. 
But he can only do that if you believe his lies and if you take the place that he gives you. Now, as I've said, I, I was raised on a farm. I was raised out in the country where for several generations we were taught by example to talk negative and think unbelief. <laughs> My great-grandfather homesteaded in central uh, uh, so- southern Montana. They were giving away land. 160 acres, if you can go there, move there, build a house and prove it for two years, that means you had to farm it. Well, 160 acres in, in south central Montana is not much. I mean, in order to farm that and survive, you're going to have to have a couple thousand acres, not 160. I mean, 160 acres, you might be able to put a few cows on it. If, if you plowed it up, you could probably, you know, raise maybe 20 acres of wheat every other year. <laughs> and so it wasn't much land, and the people who did it and got this so-called free land were in poverty. I mean, you can't... you. <laughs> And so that got passed down to, to my grandfather and then to my dad. And so it was more like, you know, we're, we're just farmers. Uh, we're not much. We don't have, and so we can't. No, that was the place that the devil gave us. And he has fed the same line of thinking, and people have swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. We're just, we're only... We don't know and we don't have. We're just, you're just what? I mean, where'd you get those words? Who told you that? Uh, who does God say that you are? See, he says that you're more than a conqueror and, and that he always causes you to triumph in Christ. According to the word of God, you've been raised up together with Jesus and seated together with him in heavenly places. You are meant to have influence. What you think and say and believe is supposed to matter. So don't let the devil tell you that you can't. Now now say this after me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That is an eternal, powerful word from the Lord. Now go go with me to Psalm 113 and get ready to shout and carry on some. Psalm 113. Do you know this word wouldn't be any more true if Jesus stood right here in the flesh in front of you and spoke it to you today? Wouldn't be any more true because these written words are God-inspired. What's that mean? That means he breathed on holy men of old to write these things down so that we'd always have it. And he's here. His spirit is here. And so his word and his spirit working together to do what? Raise you up. Raise you higher than where you've been before. Get you above that plateau where you've stopped. Psalm 113, look at it, what it says, verses 7 and 8. He raises the poor out of the dust. And he lifts the needy out of the ash heap. That he may set him with princes, with the princes of his people. With the princes of his people. See, this is not talking about you and me sitting with movie stars and politicians, but sitting with the princes of his people. Well, who are the princes? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and that he is our brother. So what's that make you then? That makes you royalty. Amen. We are children of the Most High God, and we are eternally blessed. And because of that, there's some words we need to stop speaking 
there's some words we need to treat like curse words because they are. Words like, I'm just, I'm little, I can't, I don't have, I'm not smart enough. Because that's not what God says about us at all. Those words and that kind of thinking will keep you down low where you can't see without influence so that your lives make no difference. Now, somebody might be thinking, yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I am poor. Well, I know some things about poor. Liz and I, we minister in some of the poorest nations on this planet. For years, Nepal was considered one of the ten poorest nations in the world. And when we've actually, when we first moved there, the king and queen of the country, they had absolute authority. They were ranked in the top ten richest people in the world, even though the country itself was in the bottom ten. How did that happen? Well, they were taking all, they were taking all that aid money that was coming there. They, they were just skimming off. They were taking most of it. Most of the aid money that went to Nepal to help the poor didn't get out of the capital city. It went right into the king and queen's pocket. <laughs> so we know what it means about living in poor poverty. We've seen it. We've ministered in it. We've helped people actually come to the conclusion that they don't have to be poor no more. That we've helped them see that in Christ, they can go ahead and get past that. And we've actually seen it work. <laughs> the gospel, this word on, on prosperity... You know, some people say, oh, are you a prosperity? Well, a prosperity? Well, I'm not a poor preacher. <laughs> prosperity, it's in the Word. God wants His people blessed. Now, we're not, to, we're not to get caught up seeking stuff and money. No, no, no. But we are to have our needs met. We are to have enough to actually give to every good work that we need to be given to. Amen. So I've seen God raise poor people. <laughs> I mean, there's places in Nepal where the poorest of the poor are now, they're now running the village. <laughs> they're now, they own half the village and they were low caste poor people until they received Jesus. We're seeing the same thing in the Philippines. They're grabbing a hold of things. You know, in times past, we've gone and we've held ministers' conference, pastors' seminars, and we paid for everything. You know, we fed them, we housed them, we did all that. Now they're doing it themselves, and, and we're just showing up. In fact, now I go to places, and they give me an offering in these poor places. And, and at first, when this first started happening, I was going, no, no, let me give it back. And it's like, no, they need this. They need to understand this. And so I know some things about poor. In fact, I was seven years old when my dad managed to scrape up enough money to buy his own farm. Until then, we were sharecroppers. What does that mean? Well, he lived on somebody else's farm, the guy that owned it, and he got half the crop or a quarter of the crop, depended on the crop. Well, you know, that's, that, that's not very high living. And to make it, we raised our own food, we milked our own cows, we slaughtered our own beef and pork. By the time I was four or five years old, I had chores. I mean, I pulled weeds out there in the garden. I slopped the hogs. I went and got the eggs from the chicken coop. I helped butcher and pluck the old, lay, the old hens that had quit laying eggs. Tough eating birds. I think I was a teenager before I knew that all chicken didn't have to be old tough hens that quit laying. 
I can remember going to grade school and drinking for the first time in my life homogenized, pasteurized, whole milk and drink it and go, how is this so good? Because out on the farm, I mean, we were, we were drinking the milk coming out of the cow and the cream always got skimmed off and sold. That was part of our income. And so we just were drinking skim milk and I thought, man, it's no different. <laughs> what a difference. Now we always had indoor plumbing, but some of my neighbor friend kids, you know, they were sharecropping too. Well, they didn't. I used many an outdoor toilet growing up. Pit latrine, also known as a long drop. Sears and Roebuck catalog for toilet paper. I mean, if you had an address, you got a Sears and Roebuck catalog. And it was free. Them slick pages didn't work all that good, but it was the price was right. <laughs> I know about poor, but I found a word for the poor. Right here, tell me what, what does God say for the poor? For those who will believe Him, for those who will see, receive the word and act on it. Psalm 113, verse 7, He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap. I mean, what good does it do for anybody to be poor? How does being poor help anyone? Now, as I said, we're not to be greedy. We're not to go chasing after stuff and money. But we are supposed to be able to meet our needs and the needs of people around us. In fact, the Bible says that we're to have more than enough so that we can give to every good work. Our Father can lift us up. I watched God lift my dad up. He's such a good example in so many ways, a man of character and integrity. Now, he didn't know the word like what you and I know. But he had a relationship with God, and he was a tither. I used to watch him every Sunday morning figuring out the tithe, because when you're a farmer, it takes some figuring. <laughs> you got to figure out what's the increase, what's the profit, and then you got to figure out the tithe. And he was doing that most every Sunday morning, and I asked him what he was doing, and he, he told me and showed me. And then when Liz and I finally got switched on to God, and we got into a church that actually was discipling us and helping us, I think maybe two weeks going there, I turned to Liz and said, we're going to tithe. And she looked at me and said, what's that? And I said, well, that's when we give God the first 10% of our income. And she says, okay. But then she looked at me and said, how? Because <laughs> she, she knew like I knew, there's no 10% left over. We're, we're barely getting the bills paid as it is. There's no extra. And she said, how? And I said, well, we're going to have to put God right at the top of the list. We're going to have to, right when that paycheck comes, we're going to have to look at the gross and we're going to give him the first 10% before the government even gets theirs. And then we'll go ahead and watch and see how God pays the rest of it. And we were just young in the, in the Lord. and But I saw my dad do that. And I watched God do what for my dad. I mean, he was able to... God was given, God gave him wisdom beyond his ability. He was farming way beyond what other people were doing. People used to come from miles away to look at what he was doing and talk with him about what he was doing. In fact, the, the research boys, the egg, agricultural experiment station people would come and ask him, what do we need to be researching? And he would show them and tell them. And so God prospered his business. Why? Because he was a tither. 
and towards the end of his life, right towards, well, the last 20 years of his life, God led him and two of his farmer friends to buy the local bank. (laughs) And my brother was the executor of, of the estate after he passed away. And my brother said, that is the best investment that our dad ever made. It's going to continue to pay and pay and pay. I mean, my dad left an inheritance for his children and for his children's children. And if he can do, if God can do that for my dad, he can do that for anybody. Amen. God raised him from sharecropper to successful businessman owning the bank. (laughs) And he can do that for anybody, but we gotta stop talking poor. Get rid of the I can't and we're not. Do you know what kind of people God uses? People just like you and me. Not a trick question. God will use people just like you. All he needs is for people to respond to his word. Even if you're so far down. Even if you're down in the dust or in the ash heap. Do you believe that any man or any woman in any ghetto, in any garbage dump, in anywhere in the world can look up and say, God, I believe I believe you. I believe you. You're a good God. I believe you can lift me up on out of here. I'm asking you to raise me up above this ghetto, above this garbage dump. Do you believe he can do it? He will do it. In fact, it's his will. It's part of his plan. The Bible says he even takes pleasure in doing it. So say this after me. I'm coming up. God is raising me up. Now, don't believe the devil when he tells you, yeah, others maybe, but not you. Because you're just, and you're only, and you don't have, and you don't know. No, that's just, that's just the devil. That's how he operates. You know, he likes to separate somebody from the rest of the herd and make them think that they're, they're special. <laughs> special in uh, you know, special education. <laughs> special in, yeah, they ain't, they can't do it because they're, they're just and they're only. I mean, that's the devil's ploy. You, you know, I, I used to like to watch those animal kingdom shows on TV, you know, Marlon Perkins and he's going to Africa and he, he's, he, he's videoing the lion chasing the, the wildebeest and, and the cheetah taking down one of the young ones. And well, that's what the enemy tries to do. Because in, 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 out there in the, in the natural world, that lion, that predator cat, they're looking for the weak one. They're looking for the one that's away from the herd a little bit. They're looking to separate that weak one from the rest of the herd so they can have lunch. That's exactly what the devil tries to do with all of us. He tries to separate us from the rest of the herd. He tries to get you offended in church. He tries to get you away from church, get away from the rest of the herd. So, so then what? So he can have lunch. That's his deal. Amen. See, God's not looking for people with a bunch of ability. He's not. He's got the ability. He's just looking for someone who will believe him and step out in faith and say, Lord, you can use me. Lord, I will trust and obey. Tell me again what the Lord does for the poor. Psalm 113, verse 7. He raises the poor out of the dust. And he lifts the needy out of the ash heap. 
Now, it's nice to get out of the dust. The old King James says he lifts the needy out of the dunghill. Well, that's a little more descriptive. <laughs> I mean, maybe you've been living in some garbage. <laughs> it could be different kinds of garbage. Maybe you've been living in some dirt, you know, out there on the dunghill. But I want you to know that's not, it wasn't God's will for you to live there in the past and it's not God's will for you to stay there anymore. Let Him raise you up. And don't look at the circumstances and say, well, I can't change it. Well, we already agreed that you can't. <laughs> well, I've tried and tried and, well, stop doing that and start doing this. Believe the word of empowerment the word of His grace comes to you today. And that it's working in you and changing you from the inside out. And stop talking the doubt and unbelief. Treat those words like curse words because they are. And begin to talk faith and confidence. I mean, it's already begun because I heard you say it just a few minutes ago. I heard you say, I'm coming up. The Lord is raising me up. See, there's power in this word to make it happen. See, do you know that's what healing is? It's a raising up. What's James 5 say? It says, any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anoint him with oil, and the prayer of faith will do what? We'll do it. Raise him up. We must have a raising up father. Do we? Well, we're sons and daughters of the raising up father. See, if you believe that God can use you, then stop talking that low, little, small stuff, I can't and I'm not stuff. If you'll quit talking that way and let Him raise you up, you'll be amazed in the days, months, and years to come, amazed with the situations and the people that you find yourself with, and you'll smile and you'll say, Oh, God, you did raise me up. Now, that still doesn't mean that you're anything in and of yourself, right? I believe we've already settled that. But the more He does for you, the more you know it's Him and not you. Oh, that was good. I'm going to say it again. The more He does for you, the more you know it's Him and not you. And then you know how to respond, right? How do you respond to that? More and more thankful. Now go with me to Psalm 145 and we'll, we'll begin to wrap this up. Psalm 145. It's pretty close. You're almost there. Psalm 145, and I want us to look at verse 14, just right there at the beginning. Verse 14, it says, the Lord upholds all. You know, all means all. The Lord upholds all. You can look it up in the Hebrew, and it means all. You can find the equivalent in the Greek, still means all. All means you and everybody you know and everybody you will know. And what does he do for all? Let's read the whole of verse 14. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Now, what's it mean to fall? Well, it means they missed it. They missed the mark. They came up short. They sinned. They fell. Now see, sin has to do with a violation of light, which means you knew better, but you didn't do what you knew to do. In fact, you did what you knew not to do, and you fell. You want to hear that again? <laughs> sin, 
has to do with a violation of light, which means you knew better, but you didn't know you didn't do what you knew to do, and you actually did what you knew not to do. And it caused you to fall. But even for those who have foolishly and rebelliously fallen, because we've all known some of those, I mean just rebelliously, foolishly, messed up their life. What is God's will for those people? For all of those people? To raise them back up. See, the biggest problem again is the lion devil who will say to them, Ah, nobody over at that church wants to see you anymore. After what you did, mess up the way you did, it's over. You'll never be used again. Well, how many of you believe that Jesus paid the price for every sin? For every sin. The only reason people would not be forgiven is if they would not repent and ask for forgiveness. That's the only reason. But what is God's will? Well, even for the lowest, to raise them up. So don't ever look down on or act superior toward people who have fallen. Except for the grace of God, you'd have done the same or even worse. (laughs) And when you see somebody that's fallen, you should have one thought going through your mind. What? God wants to raise them up. God wants them restored. He wants them back into the family. So let compassion and the mercy of God move through you. Reach out in prayer and faith toward them and believe God wants them up. He wants to raise them up out of that. He wants them out of that dunghill. So don't believe the lie that says because you've fallen in sin that God can't use you again. No, there is power in this word to raise you up. Now go with me to Colossians chapter 3 and let's talk about our part in this as we close. Colossians 3, we see God's will, we see God's part. We see that His power is more than enough to raise anybody up. But what's our part? Colossians chapter 1, or chapter 3, I mean. Colossians 3, we're going to begin in verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seeking those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. See, now, if you were raised in Christ, who's that talking about? It's talking about the born-again crowd. It's talking about us. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. See, we're talking about our part. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. So verse 5, therefore put to death the members, your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. And so there's a list of stuff that we're not supposed to do. (laughs) Right? And see, you can go over to Galatians 5 and find an even bigger list. And at the end of that even bigger list, it says, and the like, which means not even a complete list. And people look at this and they go, well, I can't. Well, God already knows you can't. You should know that in and of yourself, in and of your own strength, in and of your own self, you can't. See, we're right back to that again. It's the proudful that will try to do this on their own. 
It's the proudful that'll go ahead and put the list up and say, ah, didn't do that one, didn't do this one, didn't do that one, don't do this one, don't do that one. No, no, you can't do that list on your own. God never asked you to do that list on your own. I mean, the Lord, He shed His blood, paid the price, so that we could then have His power to resist those things through Him. Amen. So our part, even our part, I might, you know, set your mind on things above. Well, that's not that hard to do. <laughs> that, that's our part. Set your mind on things above. Think, don't be looking so much at the world. Put your mind on things above. Ask God to help you with that. And you know what? He will. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that it is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is capable of dividing between the joints and marrow. It's capable of dividing between the, the, the spirit and soul of a man. Capable of even discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so, Father, we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. And I'm asking that this word go deep into the hearts that everyone here that hears it would have it to hold, to use, to bring back into their future as needed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, before we finish here, I, I firmly believe that one of the reasons we come to church, I mean, we come to worship God, reason number one. We come to have fellowship with Him. We come to be partake in His presence. We come to, to, to hear His Word and be impacted by His Word and be raised up by His Word. But we also come together so that we can help one another. And this is what I believe the Lord is, is telling me right now in, in my spirit. That He wants me to help you. If you're struggling in an area, if, you, if there's a problem that you're dealing with, if, if there's an issue in your life that is keeping you down, keeping you from rising up, God wants His power, the power of His Spirit, See, again, that's one of the reasons we come together. We come together and we get a corporate anointing. We get more of His power and availability. And God would like to use that power of His Spirit to loose some things in you. If you've been struggling at a, on a plateau, Lord, I just can't seem to get beyond this. I can't seem to get past this. Then He wants to minister to you today. And here's what I know. That same spirit of revival that I saw in Nepal and India is with me today. That same anointing to help people get free, to help people speak in tongues, to help people get healed, is still here today. If you're struggling with an issue, if you're struggling with a sin that just keeps coming to you over and over and over again, I'm telling you there's power here today to set you free and power to keep you free. Amen. Or if you're struggling with a healing that just, it's just gone on and on and on and you want, and you want that healing but it just hasn't happened, it can happen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, but before we go any, any, any further, I, I, I just feel impressed. There, there may be somebody in here today that's never even made the decision to follow the Lord. I mean, that's step number one. 
That is step number one. Making that decision. Lord, I believe in my heart. I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. I believe it. But you know, there's so many people in America that believe it, but you have yet to confess it. Yet to say, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Master, be my Savior. And so that, that may be you here today, and it may be, maybe somebody watching online, I don't know. But I want to give the opportunity for people to do just that. So if you've never done that, if you've never given God all of your heart and all of your life, if you've never said, Jesus, be my Lord, which means what? It means be my boss, be my master. If you've never repented of your sin in that way and asked, Lord, I, I, I need to be forgiven, I need to be washed clean, then I want to give you the opportunity. And so if there's anybody in here today, just wave your hand at me so that I know. We're not going to embarrass you. All right, anybody else? I see another hand. Glory to God. I see a few hands. And so along with those hands, I'm going to ask, there may be somebody in here that's done this before, but has walked away and needs to come back, needs to confess again, Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my Savior. Forgive me for walking away. Here's what I know about our Father God. His arms are like this. His arms are like, come home. Come back. Won't you come back? He's saying it. I hear him saying it by the Spirit. And so if there's anybody in here today or watching online, if you need to do that, if you need to reconnect, you need to recommit, you need to say, Jesus, forgive me for walking away. I want to come back today. Now, if that's talking about you, lift your hand so that I can see it. Anybody in here? Okay, I see some more. All right, this, this is what we're going to do. I want all of us to stand to our feet. Hallelujah. And I want all of us, I want all of us in unity, I want us to all to pray. I want us to you just, just repeat after me, Father. Father. I believe in my heart, believe in my heart that, you raised Jesus from the dead. that you raised Jesus from the dead. I repent. I repent. I turn away from sin. I turn away from sin. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Make me whole. Make me whole. I believe it, Lord. I believe it, Lord. And so I confess with my mouth. So Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my Master. I'm going with you. With you. From this day forward. From this day forward. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, Pastor, I don't know how if you have a special stuff to send people or <laughs> yeah. do you want to come do that real quick? I don't want to I don't want to mess up 
Thank you so much. Yes, that was perfect, Dana. Thank you so much. And if you are here and uh, and you were with someone that you could say today, I gave my life to Jesus or I returned to Jesus, uh, what we have here at church is a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer, SPT. And what we do is we would hook you up with somebody over the next month, the next 30 days, that will mentor you, they will text you, pray for you every day, uh, give you some Bible verses uh, to help you get started on your journey. And uh, we would just love to help you on your path now to really stick with Jesus. This is Jose over here. Jose, can you raise your hand? Amen. This is Jose. Jose is in charge of our spiritual personal trainer program. Jose, can you just step out into the aisle right over there? If you are interested in that, come see Jose. He'll get your name and number, and we will connect you with somebody here from church that will uh, become your spiritual personal trainer for the next 30 days. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, thank you, Pastor David. Now, I, I really felt like we needed to do that before we do this. And so... Again, if you're struggling with a situation, struggling with a problem, God doesn't want you on your own with this. He wants us to help you with this. If, if you need healing in your body, if you've got a financial situation that, that has just been dogging your trail, or if you're struggling with a sin that just keeps coming back, you know, sin, repent, sin, repent, sin, repent, there's power to get past it. And I don't need to know any of it. In fact, I do a whole lot better if I don't know. Because I'll start laying hands on people and he'll start speaking sometimes. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. He'll give, it starts giving words. And if I don't know anything, then I don't, <laughs> I'm not influenced. I'm not biased by what I know. And it's better that way because the power of God can flow better. That's how God uses me. I know he uses other ministers and they stop and they talk and they get all the... I'm not that way. <laughs> he knows how to use me. And so I know how to flow with him. And, and so if you're needing prayer for something in your life, some problem, some healing, some financial deal, then I would ask you to, to come front and my wife and I will lay hands on you, believe with you. And I believe that same anointing that was moving in Nepal, that same anointing that was moving in India, that same anointing will move here. And there will be things in your life that are changed. There will be healings that take place. Some deliverance. Hallelujah. Let me grab my, let me grab my hanky in case I start sweating. Because that usually happens. But if, it, if this is witnessing to you, then I'd like to lay hands on you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Yes, Father, in Jesus' name. Maskumon grodish kidadamba. O brandish kimembrandi kidadanda. Bishkanamba paradinma. In Jesus' name. Shunga mash kidadeba. Or dish kimembri babaradokos karate. O ramamani. Oh, grandi kiskirinandi today. Yeah, there's help. There's help in time of need. Oh, it's going to be so much easier. So much easier. So much lighter in Jesus' name. Father, Mambrande. Oh, Shim. Ha ha ha. Ye kanande. On grande. 
Yes, Father, that anointing to be a father. That anointing to be a dad. Lord, this family. Oh, blessings on them, Lord, in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, wisdom. Wisdom. Knowing, knowing, knowing. Mm, so much yet in front of you. All right decisions. Oh, oh, oh. Mm, peace that passes all understanding. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus' name. Mm, yeah, that'll help. That'll help. Oh, Rebbe, oh, Shkarande, in Jesus' name. Lift her up, Lord. Show her things. Such, so, 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 more clear. More clear. Father, in Jesus' name. Oh, Remindi. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, lay out that life. Lay out that path. Show them. Show them. Masco. Remember in the kiss. Come on, brother. Oh, come on, Yeah, so much joy. So much joy to come. Mambro de kiss. Come on, bro. De kiss. Come on, my father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Your peace. Your wisdom. Raising her up. Higher. Higher in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mambrande. Ooh. Ushkinin. Ah. Ushkampanando. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mambaburuba kaskamamrode. Father, in the name of Jesus, ah, Riddish Conondo, Ira Mambaron, they get it a Mambaron, they get it a car. Gaboron, they get it a car. Yeah, Kamambarion, Corondo, Kushkirida. Yes, Lord, Naskamambro, they come. 
There's a lifting up. Oh, carry the rise and mash come on, bro. Get it at my parada. Past where you've been, mm, where the air is clear and the vision is good. Mash come on, bro. Come on, bro. Bam, 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 Get it at my Father, in Jesus' name, lift her up, Lord. Raise her up. More than before. More than before. We call Yes. Yes, Kokorode. Yes, Lord, healed in Jesus' name. Shem Amanda. Dish Kamambrobibida. Radish Karanamabrada Kiridaba. Yeah, coming around, coming around, seeing more, more and more of the path that he has for you. Mash Kamambrode Kiridagamapo. Yeah, continue in the word. Continue to read, continue to study, continue to see. Mash Kura Bekis Kamambrode Jesus name manda oh 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 rebe kirida mambrodi oh robe keshka mamrande kirida kamambrande kirida ye corona radish ke memorie de kirida kamambrodi minderinde kirida kamambrodi oh rebe kaska mambrada ye free and joy joy in the morning mash kamambrodi kiska mambrodi Eat the dinner, dinner, the man brought the kid at the member in the kid at man. Yeah, carando. Yeah, you don't have to do it on your own. Mask among corrode the kid at the car. His strength, his wisdom, his peace, his ability. Angarandi. Oh, yeah, my man, my man, my brother in the kid at the car. Yeah, he show you, he show you, he'll show you. But he's corrode, he's corrode, he's corrode, Able, able, able to do it because of him. Me koko roma ha. Dee, dee, na mama rande kiri da gama. Oh, there's a raising up. Mash kanungri de kiri da gama bre de kiri da beyond. Ah, beyond where you been. Mash kamam bro de kiri da mam bro de kis kamam bro da. Akarun de kis kamam bra. Father in Jesus' name. Dee da mam bra de kiri da kamam bro da. Goren and together, man grande casca na gure mambaras. Yer da hari hiri de kiri de kamaburoda kiri de kamakuku. Hmm, you'll see his help. You'll see it. Mash kunungro de kiri de mambra de kiri de kamaku. Yes, in Jesus' name. Show mama nandeki. Oh, ha ha ha. Oh, koronde mamba baramba hiri de mambaramba barobi biri de kiri de kamaka. Oh, it'll get better. It'll get better. Baparun, oh, so mambarad de kiri de mambarud de kiri. Angarin de kiri de kama. It's a good path. It's a good path in front of you. Mashkudush kimibarid de kama. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. And in Jesus' name. Dush kimamba. Oh, shumma mumunimbe kis kidirada. Oh, Rodish Kamama Mamma Rema Kiri, Mamburu de Kiri, yes, oh, Rabur, remember in the Kiri. 
an impartation. Oh, gosh, anointed to help, anointed to do, anointed to gosh, Oh, Yes, come on, bro. Dikirida kari your goodness, Lord. Yosh come on, bro. Dikirida ma bro. Dikirida kamaka. We call this body healed, whole, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mish. Oh, ha. Ah, didida ma bro. Oshki ma bro. Dikiski ma bro. Diki. Show ma maramba bro. Dikiski ma bro. Do. Ha ha yeah, there's still there's still work to do. Oh, so much yet. for you to do. Asking in In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mamba Bonunda. Do he haruti dandaramambrodi e karande karadamambaraya lifting up a raising up in Jesus' name in Jesus' name Amamananda Oh Horabaturode Oh Kurandush Kiridamaha Mambarandi Kiridamambaran New Heights New Areas Shokar in Jesus' name in Jesus' name, Mama Manama. Ooh, ha! Ye Mama Nama, Ye Mama Nana, Ye Mama Nana, Mama Rudi, Ski Mama Rudi, Yeah, Bush Ko Mama Rudi, Kiri Deka Makuba, Angaradi, Oh, Didish Ko Mama Rupa, Papa Kush Ki Mama Rupa Ka, Oh Kush Ki Mama Rupa Ka, Ko Mama Rupa Kush Ki Oh, yes. Pain, you got to go in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah, that healing flow. That healing flow. Father. Lifting up. A lifting up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. He got in the hungry brondi. Oh, Kurundi Gigamambar. Yeah, he knows all about it. He knows the ins and outs of it. He knows. Ushkumumbro de Kiri de Mambran de Kiri Daka. Oh, Red de Kiranamakara. He's getting the Kiri de Kamaharandiki by his power, by his anointing, by his strength. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mombrode, ho baba mamani na kira da mambrande kira da angrande kiskaran in Jesus name. I lift it up. Mombrode kira na mambrande to a place where you can see, to a place where you can tell. Mash pudungish kemambrande kira da kamal. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Show Boku de Macarina. Oskemenkarina. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Show Bacarina. Come on. Oskemaparina. Hallelujah. 
Jesus, hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you, Lord, for the lives that were changed, for the blessings, and even for the people out there watching online that we can't see. But they got things to thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I'll tell you what, when you're the place where the Holy Ghost is like this right now, you don't even want to move. But got things we got to do, huh? All right. Uh, well, we're going we're gonna to receive the offering for them, but I want to read you a letter first. How many ever heard of a missionary, missionary named Paul? Amen. I'm, I'm going to read a letter he wrote to his first missionary partner church, the Church of Philippi. I'm going to read a few verses out of this. And I so identify with this concerning our relationship with Liz and Dana and Nile. It sounds like us talking to them. It is so good. But uh, hold up your hands, first of all, if you need an envelope to put 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 a check or cash in for an offering or, or to write your card information on for that kind of giving. And also, if you uh, give online and you're going to give that way, then Pastor Dave, let me see if I got this right, hdwc.org slash guest speaker slash giving. So if you give online, hdwc.org slash giving. But this here... How, how many have you ever heard Philippians 4.19, King James says, But my God shall supply all of your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, that verse is not just for everyone. That verse is for the ones that go with God's flow, God's plan, what he's doing. And that's that's about the last verse of this letter, this short letter he wrote to the church of Philippi. I call ourselves the church at Barstow. And so Philippians chapter 4, I'm in the New Living Translation. I just want to read this because I love the Bible. To me, it's present tense because it's living. As for today, and this is for, this is for churches and believers that are partners with God. I said that are partners with God is supporting God's missionaries. And so verse 10, Philippians 4 verse 10 says, and this is Paul doing the talking. He's talking to the church, and I'm going to act like this is Liz and Dana doing the talking, talking to the church. This one right here. He said, How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know that you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Missionaries live that way. Wherever they're at, they've learned to be content. But it sure is nice when good things show up. Hey, man, I, that's how it is. Uh, he says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And here's a verse that we all claim and a missionary specialty to. It says, where I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me. In my present difficulty. I want to emphasize that the Bible was written a long time ago, but it's alive, it's present tense. And so what God said through missionaries back then in churches, he's still saying the same thing today because he never changes. I like to be partners with God. How about you? Amen. He says, as you know, you Philippians, or we'll say you Barstonians, were the only ones who gave you financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on to Siberia. Oh, uh, Macedonia. I thought it was Siberia. That's when we first started supporting these guys to get to Siberia. 
No other church did this. Was we the first one? Was we the first one for Siberia? We was the, we was the first one for that trip. It says, uh, even when I was in Thessalonica, there you said help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you, whether I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. He says, I want you to receive. And so this is God's law of sowing and reaping. What you sow is what you reap. And he said, I want you to be rewarded too. So as we give into missions that God's given back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaped together, and running over. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with the peperditis. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Did you know your money could smell good? God said it's a sweet-smelling sacrifice. It's not filthy lucre when you use it right. It's a sweet-smelling sacrifice and well-pleased to God. And then he says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. That's, that's the first missions letter that I know of that was written to a church from a missionary that was doing it. I'm so glad, I'm so glad to be partners with Jesus in missions. Let's stand up. And I, I want to, I want to pray, pray over this offering, pray for the Niles if they've been such a blessing to us today. And by the way, tonight, uh, Liz is going to be ministering to us tonight. And I'll tell you what, you think, you think, uh, Dana something, wait till you see the one that taught him. <laughs> wait, wait, wait till you meet the boss. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Once again, Lord, we know that this age is about to be wrapped up. We know you said this gospel must be, gospel must be preached in all the world for a witness. This shall the end come. And Lord, for myself, I'm grateful that you didn't send me to all those places. I like being here to help support the ones that go to those places, Lord, and be a part of it. So we thank you today for the things we've heard, the anointing's been released, the lives have been changed by the word of God that's spoken to raise people up. And Lord, as we give, we want to thank you. It's going to be a very, very generous offering and a real blessing to the Niles. At the same time, Lord, it's part of our covenant. What we do is what we reap. We thank you, Father. This church is always going to have more than enough to reach our territory and help reach the world from here. And the people, Lord, are going to have their families reached, their friends reached, their co-workers reached, Lord, because we're partners with you in reaching the world. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You give, and then you're dismissed. Amen. Well, who was blessed today from the Word of God? Amen. And the anointing of God. And praise the Lord. Yes, we're going to go ahead and dismiss here in just a second. We wanted to remind you that uh, the missions team that is going to Honduras here uh, uh, in June, they've got some ice cream for sale out there, and that's just a nice thing right after church, but it's also uh, to help them uh, finish up the rest that they need to get to Honduras. So make sure you take advantage of that on the way out. And, of course, we do have service tonight at 6 o'clock, like you just said. So come on out and uh, join us again. It's going to be a phenomenal time together. Amen. Well, let's go. 
go ahead and pray, and then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession, and we'll let you get on out of here today. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the Word of God today. And, Lord, we know that you do raise us up. You do lift us up, Lord, to a higher level. And we are raised with Christ Jesus. And we thank you for the promise of your Word. Lord, I pray that we would uh, have soft hearts today to receive this Word and to take it with us this week. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? All right, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow today. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you tonight.